If you weren't here earlier when Jill gave uh, some words of welcome, uh, John Watson is ill this morning, and so you have me. <laughs> I'm Stephen Murray, Paris Associate here at Covenant, and it's always an honor to share the word with you. If I was going to give a title to this sermon, it would be Daily Grace, Daily Grace. And I want to share two scriptures. One is a verse from Psalm 118, and then Paul's words on rejoicing from Philippians chapter 4. So let us hear the word of the Lord to us. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things that you have learned and received and heard and noticed in me, do them and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I thought I'd try to cool us off from this brutal summer heat by talking about the winter storm we had a year and a half ago. When that frigid wind and snow blew in at our house early that Monday morning, we lost power. Then Tuesday morning, we lost our water. So no power for almost four days, no water for three days. I know many of you had it much worse than that. We were very glad Thursday noon when the power came on and shortly after that, the water. It was great to have a hot meal that night. And then we did a lot of laundry. Uh, the first couple loads did okay, but on the third load, the washer tub didn't drain when the cycle was done. There was a foot of water sitting in the tub. There was dirty, sticky stuff clinging to the clothes, and it was clogging the drain. In the morning, I told Diane I'll call the repair people, but overnight, I thought I'd at least try. I scooped water out of the tub by hand. Then at the back of the washer, I unhooked the drain hose. Water gushed out on the laundry room floor, quarter inch of water, dirty water. I got that cleaned up, reconnected the hose, then ran a cycle with just good hot water. And when I heard the drain and spin cycle in, I held my breath, opened the lid, and praise the Lord, no water. It had all drained. I was proud of myself. <laughs> no need to call a plumber. Maybe a little too proud. When we lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan, the sink in our upstairs bathroom clogged up. It was draining real slow, and then it stopped entirely. And my first thought was, I'll try Drano. A little bit of that stuff, and we'll be back 
in business. So I went down to the basement to get Drano, and there wasn't any. We hadn't needed any for a long time. Either that or I had hid it away from the children, and I couldn't find it myself either. So I made a trip to the hardware store about 10 blocks away. The classic Murphy's Law says anything, if anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. And there must be another law that says whatever you set out to do, something else has to be done first. <laughs> so before I could pour Drano down my clogged sink, I ran to the hardware store to buy some Drano. Whatever you set out to do, something else has to be done first. Well, I came back from the hardware store, poured a little Drano down the sink, didn't do any good. If a little Drano is supposed to help, <laughs> you know where I'm headed, don't you? More Drano will do even better. Poured more, sink was still clogged up. Oh well, my intercept back. My next plan was to get that metal snake thing the plumbers use to rotate down clogged pipes, that flexible auger kind of thing. I had one in a toolbox somewhere, but we hadn't needed that for several years either, so I couldn't find it. So on my second trip to the hardware store, I bought a plumber's snake. I'm sure there's another law that says everything you decide to do costs more than first estimated. Came back with a plumber's snake, started winding it down, and whenever it came to a stop, I would twist it and jam it. And that's when my big problem started. If anything can go wrong, it invariably will. When my snake hit a stubborn stop, I jammed on it hard, only to discover that the pipes underneath were original plumbing, old, thin, rusting. So in jamming the snake, I, I poked a hole right through the pipe. I could see all that Drano just eating away on the old pipes. So now I was in a real fix. I couldn't just leave it. I couldn't just walk away. There must be another law. Everything in life is easier to get into than to get out of. <laughs> so on my third trip to the hardware store, my big hope was not to face the same checkout clerk again. <laughs> I bought new pipes, new fittings, new putty for the joints, came home, spent another hour getting the old pipe out, putting the new pipe in. There's a law, I'm sure, that says nothing is ever as simple as it first seems. Getting my sink unclogged that day wasn't as simple as it first seemed. And the cheery attitude I started out with three hours earlier, I wasn't the most sociable creature in the world. I wasn't the most pleasant person to be around. Though my attitude did improve when I turned on the faucet and saw the water swish down beautifully through what had been a clogged sink. Now what I also know is that all of you have similar stories. Some annoyance, some frustration in daily life. May not be the plumbing, maybe your car, maybe it's an appliance or your computer. Or maybe it's not mechanical at all, but relational. Your children, your husband, your wife, your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers. The little things of daily life that add up to frustration. Those kind of days when out of all the 7.9 billion people on the face of the earth, out of all those people, some problem singles you out for special attention. Had any of those days? 
had any lately. Days when if something could go wrong, invariably, inevitably, it did. What was your attitude toward it? Did it spoil your day? The psalmist in the 118th Psalm wants to help us with that. It's a psalm of gratitude for the deliverance of, uh, that God has given the people, a psalm of praise for what God has done, a psalm that celebrates the goodness and love of the Lord. What the psalmist wants to tell us is that as Christians, we look at daily life in a very special way. We bring to daily life a very special attitude. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. When the sun comes up in the morning, when our heads roll off the pillow and our feet hit the floor, from that moment on, we praise God for the day he's given us. Before we stretch the sleep out of our bodies or rub it out of our eyes, we thank God for the day. We trust God for the day. We're not afraid of life. We're not bored by it. As Christians, we know the old world has passed away. A new world has come. God's always with us. Our lives are in God's hands. Christ is risen. The Holy Spirit is our comforter and guide. Therefore, therefore, nothing that happens on this day or any other day keeps us from rejoicing in the day God has given us. There's nothing to fret about when frustrations come. Life is before us. The day is ahead of it. We trust God for it. Whether it brings delight or drudgery, smooth sailing or a clogged sink, we thank God for it. We thank God we're alive. We thank God we're able to serve him. We trust God for the day. As Christians, we have a very special attitude toward daily life. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. I think the psalmist is on to something here. He knew that in our hearts, the negative impulse is very strong. And the positive impulse is often very weak. The negative impulse strong, the positive weak. It's so easy to be a person who sees the glass half empty rather than half full. It's so easy to be angry, irritated. So easy to grumble when things go wrong. So easy to see the problem and not the potential. C.S. Lewis said of a man he knew, this man started out complaining, he said, and in the end, he became a complaint. He was so used to the negative impulse, it became a part of his nature. He couldn't detach himself from it. There is something in us that likes to complain and blame when things go bad. Don't do it, says the psalmist. This day, is the only one you have. The Lord gave it to you. Be glad in it. You could call this the psalmist's law. On the days when a problem singles you out for special attention, you bring in psalmist's law and you say to yourself, this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad. This scripture was sung by the people of Israel on festive occasions when they celebrated the mighty acts of God in their history. 
Psalm 118 was used to praise Jesus as he entered Jerusalem in the last week of his earthly life. It's a psalm of thankfulness, a psalm of praise to God for all his mighty help throughout the years. So whether it's a gathered congregation of people saying these words or a single worshiper, give thanks to the Lord, the psalmist sings out. For God is good, his love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He's become my salvation. The Lord is with me, he's my helper. God's love endures forever. God's love endures forever. God's love endures forever. The Lord has done mighty things. I'll proclaim what the Lord has done. You are my God, I'll praise you. You are my God, I'll exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. God's love endures forever. God's done so much, been so faithful, his love so enduring, that our response right down here in the grit and grind of daily life is to praise God for the day God's given us. Every morning when you wake up, you thank God for the day and you allow God to enter the dailiness of life. A dailiness where things do happen Things do happen. Life doesn't always work out like we want. My son Peter and his wife Brianna live in a beautiful wooded area north of Houston. They have four children, age 10 and under. A couple of months ago, they had a lot of wind, tornado kind of weather. For the kids, it was quite an adventure. They had never experienced anything quite like it. It's a little dicey watching the wind blow all the trees around the house, the power goes out, the water goes out. But after the wind died down, they talked about it, and Finn, he's the 10-year-old, Finn, as he thought about it, he said, anything can happen, anything can happen. And he was right, anything can happen. And for the Christian, and this is very important, for us, life isn't so much Christ liberating us from the things that happen, but Christ putting himself into them. Not so much lifting us out of dailiness, but joining us there. We sometimes want to be lifted out, don't we? We want God to alter all the unpleasantries of life. But God's not like that. God doesn't retrieve you from the ordinary. God enters it. God doesn't lift you out of the day. God puts himself into it. He comes to you where you are, as you are, in the daily routines of life. For that is where we usually find ourselves, isn't it? Life isn't always brimming with joy. It isn't always high energy. It isn't always sunny optimism. Life is shadows and anxiety and failure. And a lot of what we do takes place in obscurity. The dull routines of life, long stretches of grayness. Life can be hard work and conspicuously unglamorous. But that's right where Christ puts himself. He doesn't so much retrieve you from the ordinary, he enters it. The risen Christ is Lord of the ordinary. He doesn't ask you to be spectacular. 
He doesn't ask you to be some kind of super saint. What he does ask is that he be Lord right where you are, as you are, where you live, where you work, where you play, and that you rejoice in the day he's given you. Listen to Oswald Chambers. He says, we have this idea that we have to alter things. We don't. What we do have to do is remain true to God in the midst of things as they are. For it's on this plane we have to work out the marvelous life God has put in us. I think what Chambers means is that we tend to seek mountaintop experiences, spiritual peaks, and we forget that life is usually lived in the valleys and on the hillsides and on the flat plains. We all have days that are very daily, very daily. But that's where Christ comes to us, right in the midst of the ordinary. And so instead of complaining for the day, you look around for God's presence in it. You look around for signs of God's grace. Karl Rahner, the German theologian, said something important. He said, if your daily life seems unrewarding, don't put the blame on it. Blame yourself for not being able to evoke the riches that are to be found in it. If your daily life is unrewarding, don't blame the day. Blame ourselves for not seeing the fingerprints of God in it. Blame ourselves for not seeing the playfulness of God in the midst of daily life. Grace is there if we only look for it. In our reading from Philippians, Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And to help us do that, here's his advice. Think about good things. Think about good things. Don't dwell on the frustrations of the day. Think about good things. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, think about such things and the God of peace will be with you. When we lost power and lost water in the winter storm, something good came out of that. I was reminded how good I really have it, how blessed I am to have power and water that I just take for granted. That storm made me pause and be thankful. And when our bathroom sink clogged up, good things happened. I learned something about plumbing. <laughs> I got to know the clerk at the hardware store. <laughs> I learned something about patience that day. I got to spend time with my two boys, and they learned something about tools and putty. And I appreciated more what my wife and daughter do during the day. And all these years later, I even get a sermon illustration out of it. <laughs> if your daily life is unrewarding, don't blame the day. Blame yourself for not seeing God's grace in it. That's what the psalmist is trying to say. Ordinary daily life has a sacred quality to it. That in daily life there are to be found little bits of eternity for those with eyes to see it and ears to hear it. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's not hard to rejoice when 
days are ecstatic and wonderful. It's harder to rejoice on days that are humdrum and frustrating. Jaya Packer said it so well, the best measure of the spiritual life, the best measure of the spiritual life is not its ecstasies, but its obedience. Right down where you are, right down where the rubber hits the road, right where you live in the spiritual lows, that's where we rejoice. Not here in church alone, piety and praise come easy in here but in the day out and day in grit and grind of life. That's where the aliveness of the risen Christ must shine. That's where the Holy Spirit must shine. In the daily faithful performance of present duties. And if it doesn't, we have no right to tell the world that Jesus makes a difference in our lives. When you roll out of bed in the morning till you roll back in at night, give praise to God, even on days when trouble sings you out, singles you out for special attention, give praise to God. You will have tribulation in this world, Jesus said, but be of good cheer. Don't let the negative impulse get the better part of you. No matter what a particular day brings, that day is the only day you have so rejoice. Life's too short to wring your hands. The Lord has made this day be glad in it. Someone has said, considering that Christians celebrate a merry, a merry Christmas and a happy, a happy Easter, we sure can be an anxious bunch considering we serve a Christ who said, my joy will be made complete in you, we sure can be an irritated people. Considering that the Lord God omnipotent reigns and Christ is risen, we can be anxious. The psalmist will have nothing of it. No matter what the day brings, he says, be glad in it. No matter what the day brings, trust God for it. From dawn to dusk, Thank God you're alive. In the ordinary daily frustration, look for bits of eternity. Look for moments of grace. And why do we even look? Why do we even do that? Because this, this is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Let us pray. Lord, there's a lot happening in the world and a lot happening in our individual lives. So thank you for your thoughtfulness, your kindness in providing our daily needs for knowing us so personally and intimately. Thank you for your kindness in sending a savior. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who's present within us and around us as we live out our days. Help us, Lord, not to fret about life, but put our full trust in you, for you are a great God of love and grace, a love and grace that sustains us every day of our lives. We pray this with thankful hearts in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.